Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. person. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> the sun is shining. It's not raining on us. <laughs> We're here. Oh, it's so good to see you guys. Um, yeah, I was so ready to share last week. I was excited. I had a message prepared, and then it rained, and then it rained some more, and... <laughs> I was disappointed, um, but I'm I'm glad we're here. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a totally different message this week because that's how God is <laughs> sometimes. And uh, but that's okay. And another one will come out another day. Um, but it has been a week. Um, anybody else had one of those weeks? It's been a, it's been a rough week around here. Um, it's been a crazy week. And um, and Brent and I were just sitting in the kitchen talking on Friday night. He's like, what are you going to speak about Sunday? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a preparer. I like to know. So that is an unusual feeling for me. Um, uh, you know, I was like, I don't feel like what I'm supposed to share is the same as what it was last week. And, uh, and so I was just, and I told him, I was like, I just feel disconnected. Like, I feel disconnected to our body. And, uh, you know, it's been the season of, with COVID and, Church on, and then church off, and then church on, and then rain, and then no rain. We've kind of had a lot of, like, back and forth togetherness. And, um, and there's just the natural missing of connectedness. And, uh, and when, I, when, I, when I said that to Brent, I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about connection. And so um, connection is built through honor. And we are in such a unique season culturally that we've lost a lot of connection through dishonor. Our, our, our nation, our, our friends, our, our extended friends, our Facebook friends, uh, we've just lost the honor. And the result has been this crazy disconnect. You know, do you all know that feeling um, when somebody offends you and you're just mad? We all know that. Okay. That's a dumb question. Okay. <laughs> but take that feeling a bit further and say you're not going to see them for a couple days. You start building this crazy case against them. Like, I can't believe they thought that about me. I, I can't believe how they're responding. You know, you know, I'm just building this ginormous case. And then I see this person face to face and I'm like, oh, my heart softens almost instantly when I start talking to them. Like, Oh, you're a human. Oh, I forgot. I built you up in my head for three days, and I now I'm I'm not mad at you anymore. I oh, you have a you have a perspective that I just didn't know. Okay, and <laughs> we all had that moment of like the crazy disconnect by whatever reason, and then you get face to face, and your heart softens. And we've lost our honor due to disconnection. And honor does the opposite. It builds connection. It connects hearts. Um, honor changes the way you see people. It shows me what to value. Bill Johnson says, a culture of honor is celebrating who someone is without stumbling over who they're not. So 
Yeah, he has, he has good words. <laughs> um, so me and Brent, we've been married 15 years. Um, I've got to be really nice because he's the sound guy today. <laughs> and, uh, and we love each other. We're super happy. But there are times that <laughs> we are going through the motions. Like we are making the kids lunches. We are, you know, grabbing all the stuff, getting to practices, paying the bills, raking the, the leaves every other day. I mean, you're just like, we are just going and going and going. And often it's, I look at him, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so disconnected. <laughs> and you just had this moment, like, I feel like we're roommates for a hot minute. And that's just not working out for us. And we live in the same house. And we really like each other. <laughs> and, and it just happens. And then we, we just have to recalibrate. Okay, let's, let's match some intentionality with this desire to be connected. And con- connection's feeling seen. It's feeling heard. It's feeling valued. It doesn't just happen when you coexist. It doesn't just happen when you make the lunches shoulder to shoulder and pack the book bags and all the things we do every day. It's feeling seen, it's feeling heard, and it's feeling valued. So one thing that I I preached a a month ago maybe, um, and it rained (laughs) again. Uh, I really wanted to pray for the senior leadership, which we're going to do today because it's sunny. Um, but it rained that day, but uh, we were, I've, I preached about discipleship. And if you heard that message, the Lord has highlighted in this season so loudly this call for creating a culture of discipleship. And, I mean, you know, I just love when he speaks. It's, it's so hard to miss. Like, he speaks to us, he keeps knocking, and eventually I'm like, oh, you're speaking. Look at all these, look at all these things you've said. And in this season, he's calling us to create an emphasis and a value on discipleship in our body and creating a lifestyle of connection. We all need it. Our culture needs it. Our society needs it. We are longing for connection. We're longing for mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. Um, Blake had this great word. You guys, I just love it that he hears from God and he just helps us hear what the Lord is saying. It's such a gift. And um, in April of 2018, Blake shared this word, and um, the Lord gave him a scroll to read to us, and it was just this most impactful word. Um, One of the lines of the scroll, it said, it said, remember your brothers and sisters, remember your mothers and fathers, and remember your sons and daughters. And remember to make more brothers and sisters, make more mothers and fathers, and make more sons and daughters. And so, what does that look like? What does it look like to find the mothers and fathers in your life and pull on the brothers and sisters in your life and run together in a connected way? (laughs) We're going to intentionally create discipleship. We're going to intentionally go after it. We're going to intentionally go after connecting, being seen, heard, and valuing one another. I, uh, I had a dream you know, I'm so grateful for the Lord. He speaks to us so clearly. <laughs> I had a dream a year and a half ago, and, and I woke up and I knew, oh, I need more mothers and fathers in my life. I have great mothers and fa- I mean, I have gr- the best mothers and fathers in my life. And in the same breath, you need more of them in your life, speaking into your life. 
And I was just so touched by the kindness of God, like highlighting it in a dream. Because my brain would say, ah, you don't need that. You got great mothers and fathers. And, um, and so I met that dream with some intentionality. And, uh, and I asked Tracy, hey, Tracy, can I meet with you? Can you, can you speak into my life? Can you pour into my life? And, and intentionally we set up a time. Like, oh, we're going to meet every other week. I'm not just going to show up and talk about the kids. I'm not just going to show up and talk about the weather. I'm going to talk about my real life. <laughs> and, and the Lord just blesses it. Like he just rushes in to meet our intentionality and to meet that desire to grow in that connectedness. Um, I'm a huge believer in intentionality. Like from the littlest thing to the biggest thing. We, Brent and I have seen in our life over and over and over again, anything we put a little intentionality to, it feels like the Lord comes like rushing towards it. Whether it's, whether it's hey, let's save up for this vacation, or whether it's, um, we're just going to eat differently, or we're going to exercise, or whether it is, I mean, as tiny as uh, Friday night pizza night. Okay, we're going we're gonna, to like rally the family around on Friday nights and just create a culture around just being together on Friday night and having pizza. Whatever it is, I feel like the Lord just says yes to that intentionality. And that's how he responds to this. Like, okay, the Lord tells you in a dream to grab more mothers and fathers in your life. Okay, I'm going to do it. And he comes like a wave and just blesses it more than you would think with a, a lunch every other week. You know, it's just a gift. Um, so as a culture that is in disconnect, how do we reconnect? <laughs> how do we stay connected? Discipleship is a lifestyle of that connection. It's more than having friends. It's more than doing life together. It's intentionally doing life together. Um, you know, as a, as a society, we've sacrificed empathy and connection. We've sacrificed that feeling of feeling together. Like, oh, I feel for you when this happens. Um, our ability to feel together kind of feels like it's gone out the window. <laughs> um, and what's come in has been our opinions and our desire to be right. I, you know, the first two weeks of COVID, this is totally my interpretation based on probably my social media feed and my world. <laughs> but the first two weeks of COVID, I felt this rallying of the troops. I felt like we're in this together. Like, let's cheer on our, our first line work. Uh, Frontline workers, let's, let's celebrate those who are um, sacrificing and uh, let's rally. And I, it, was this, it was this welling up of pride for my friends and my fellow first, you know, first responders. And it, it, is, it was just this like, oh, we can do this as a nation. We can fight this. And then something happened. And I don't know when it happened, but then divisiveness just came in. And everyone disagreed about everything. <laughs> Things that we never disagreed about before. And, and I was like, oh, like there was this feeling of connectedness, this feeling of shared empathy, this feeling of in this together that was so beautiful. And so I felt the Lord just encouraging us to be cultivators of connection and all through honor. And, uh, you know, if you look at that li the life of Jesus, that's all he ever did. He saw people. He saw the woman at the well who he normally wouldn't be talking to. <laughs> he, he 
saw the woman giving two pennies as an offering who most people would just forget. And he's like, wow, look at that gift. It's so beautiful. <laughs> he just saw. He, uh, he saw the woman caught in adultery. He's just sitting there and he's like, has anyone else condemned you? Okay, neither do I. He saw Zacchaeus in a tree. No one loved Zacchaeus. No one even liked Zacchaeus. He's up in a tree, and he says, I'm going to come to your house. I'm having lunch with you. I want to connect with you. He just saw him. How do you honor the ones you're with? How do you honor the ones that you're not around? I love that we live in a prophetic culture. We have an upper hand. We have a secret weapon. We, we can see people how God sees them. We just ask, God, I'm really annoyed. What, what do you see? <laughs> I pointed to no one. <laughs> Let the record straight. <laughs> and we get to see them how he sees them. It's so much easier. We get to draw it out of them. We get to turn our value toward them. In Romans, it says, outdo one another in showing honor. <laughs> outdo one another in showing honor. <laughs> I've been struck and in, um, in awe of honor this week. I've just, I kept running into it and kept being blown away and touched and connected by it. Um, I watched a friend sharing about his family member, and he was just talking, and he was mentioning deficiencies or misses, like, oh, this wasn't there. I missed this growing up. But then they started just talking about what was instilled in them, like this deep work ethic that was instilled in them. And instead of focusing on what wasn't, they were truly seeing what they were given, and I just felt this connection and this conviction of the Holy Spirit that says, what are we looking for? <laughs> are we seeing what we're given or are we seeing what we're not given? And, and what we can pull from just grows and grows when we pull, when we see what we're given and not what we're not given. Uh, so I went to Georgia Tech. Uh, I was just reminiscing today, yesterday. I went to Georgia Tech, and, um, and I joined this campus ministry. And it, um, you know, I was leading a youth group at the time during the summers, and we were seeing the supernatural. We were seeing kids get healed and saved, and kids were playing, praying for the weather, and it was shifting, and they were just blown away. I mean, it was just this remarkable, the Holy Spirit was just moving. And I show up at this campus ministry, that doesn't celebrate the supernatural. They did, it wasn't what they did. Um, and, uh, and I had a choice. I mean, I'm a freshman in college. I'm 18. I can choose to stay there or not. I can choose to serve a minister leader who happened to be my uncle or not. I could choose to uh, get behind the vision of this place, which which was beautiful, like people got saved. People came off, you know, college students who tend to turn from the Lord 
were coming back to Jesus. It was beautiful. And it took me a minute. I mean, it took me half a year probably at least. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I'm serving this vision. I'm serving this house, this, this campus ministry. I'm going to dive in. I'm pouring my life in here. And it was the best decision of my entire college five years. Uh, I, I got to be a part of something so special. And we didn't totally agree. Me and the leader didn't totally agree around things involving healing and speaking in tongues and all the things that are just so such a gift that I value. Um, but I, I got to sit there. As my, my fifth year, it took me a while to get through. Uh, <laughs> I sit, sit there in my fifth year of Georgia Tech and just sit there and think of all these lives that I've watched come to know the Lord. Like, I remember... I had prayer meetings under oak trees. We'd pull out all the couches of the house and just pray. And the Lord would show up and heal people. <laughs> the Lord, he ridiculously answered people's prayer. He, he came through in the ways that I'd seen him come through in our youth groups that I led. Um, I, I watched people that, you know, it's a, it's a really intense campus. It's an intense environment. It's hard and school's hard and kids are really depressed. And I watch kids come into this ministry and hear their name for the first and only time that week. <laughs> like, it was our job to, like, learn people's names because they didn't hear their name because it was intense. And so we would just shout their name from 100 yards away. Man! <laughs> Joey! Whatever. And, and it, you just saw something shift on their faces. And I learned about leadership in this campus ministry from a great leader. My Uncle Rick is a great leader. Um, you know, entire, the entire basketball or the entire volleyball team at Georgia Tech just gave their life to the Lord and just, just radically, radically turned their lives around. It was just a beautiful thing. And I had a chance my freshman year as an 18-year-old to not like exactly what he was preaching and to be like, ah, oh, you're missing it. There's more. <laughs> I've seen something cooler. <laughs> I've seen something better. There's healing. Did you know that? You know, <sighs> I could have missed it really big time. And instead, I had like the, it was the joy of my college. It was the highlight. It kept me at that school. I met Brent there. I fell in love with campus ministry. <laughs> we started, we started, um, campus ministries all over the world. Brent lived in Mexico for a year doing it. I lived in Salamanca, Spain. Um, and uh, this, this leader, Rick, he would, he would sit people in his office. He's like, you know, have you ever thought of Salamanca? <laughs> You're like, no. Like, ah, you, you just have a gift. You have a call. Like, he would, he would apostolically and prophetically pull someone out and say, you should, you should like pick up your life and move to Mexico for a year and start a campus ministry with these guys, and people would do it time and time and time again. <laughs> you're like, okay, you're carrying this anointing. And it was all a position in my heart. <laughs> I could have pieced out on there so fast and been like, ah, I've seen, I've seen something different. This is not for me. And instead, I got to partake of one of the most beautiful ministries that is literally planting campus ministries all over the world. And 
And I got to experience like vulnerability and family. And we had a group of 18 of us that literally did life together for a year in like real life, like breaking off a piece of our life, sharing what it looks like, um, diving into each other's, praying with each other's, contending for each other's breakthrough. It was so beautiful. But that was five years in, and I could have just missed it. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the Lord for not letting me miss it. Uh, uh, the world's hungry for an answer. They're hungry for connection. They don't have an answer to the feeling of disconnect. But we do. Politics won't solve it. Social media won't solve the need for connection. None of that will solve it. We have the answer. We have the eyes of Christ. We have that prophetic secret weapon in our back pocket. People are attracted to real, vulnerable life connections. And we can be the ones who sow the seeds of honor. We can be known for sowing seeds of honor. Can you picture a people that everywhere they go, they're just sowing little seeds of honor? I, somebody honored me this week and just told me something kind and affirming, and, and I felt this instant leap in my spirit of connection to that person. And it wasn't, it wasn't rocket science. It, wasn't, it, it was like, oh, like through a small act of honor, I, I felt connected. What would it look like for all of us to go out and just be the church? <laughs> just, just be carrying honor, be carrying who we are. People are attracted to it. And honor just attracts the supernatural. <laughs> it, attracts, it attracts heaven. And that's what we need. We need heaven just to come down and just sit with us. <laughs> right here, right now, <laughs> all the time. So I'm going to pray just to close this part of the message. Um, So you just close your eyes with me. God, I thank you for the powerful people in this field and online. And God, I thank you that we are people of honor. We honor because we're honorable. We connect because it's the deep cry of our heart. I pray that, Lord, you give us um, eyes to see and let us be people that just sow seeds of honor everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, a week, or I was hoping to do this last week, but... uh, in my, in my new role, uh, I've, we shared that about a month ago uh, as a senior leader. I, I was, I've been talking with Danny Silk in this transition, and he, uh, he, he likened me to an orchestra director. And just that felt so, like, it's <laughs> great. There's a motorcycle. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Um, so Danny likened my role to an orchestra director where you just see what, what's moving, see what God is highlighting, and highlight it in the moment. 
And, um, and that really sat with me because I didn't feel like uh, the typical senior leader. And I felt this grace on my life to lead a team that leads this church. And, and that's, where, that's where the grace is. And Danny, early on, he's like, okay, Lauren, you got to find your team. you got to form your team. And so I want to introduce to you our senior leadership team. Um, they are Blake Healy, Justin Stockman, and Dan Weber. They are, we'll, yes, cheer them on. <laughs> I'm going to say some nice things first, but you can cheer them on too. Um, but uh, so I just feel this grace for us to lead this body. And I feel the desire for, I wanted all, all of us to be present, to just extend our hands and pray, um, just and, and also be in receive mode of the graces on their life. So I do want to highlight some of the graces on their lives um, right now. And uh, I'll start with Blake. Uh, Blake and I go way back to Reading 14 years ago. And um, some things I love about Blake, and uh, he has a depth and he has a history with God. You'll notice in his stories, he says, 20 years ago when I was 14 and leading a prophetic ministry, <laughs> he's been leading his whole life. Um, but he's been leading himself. He's been, he's been uh, just stewarding his relationship with the Lord for his whole life. And I love that because we are such firm believers that there's no junior Holy Spirit. His life fully models that at five years old, you can you can hear from God and see what he's doing and respond accordingly. Uh, he has this great depth of wisdom that I'm constantly pulling on. Uh, he's so kind. You know, I've seen him in all, I mean, I've seen him in so many scenarios. I've seen him at the soccer field yesterday. I see him, uh, you know, preaching on a stage to many. I've seen him in ministry school. I've seen him in an office. I've seen him with his family. And through it all, he's just genuinely a kind, kind man. And he's one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. He walks through this environment with this crazy gift of seeing in the spirit. But he's just super normal and humble and wonderful. And uh, I just honor the prophet in our house. I honor the gift that is your life. I honor that so many times our church has redirected because of a word that the Lord gave you. Because of a vision, because of something you saw, because of the two angels that stand on our left and right every worship service since day one, we, have, we are just so gifted that he can walk the property and say, hey, we need to tweak this because of this. I see this in the spirit because of this. The Lord says this. And we love hearing the voice of the Lord and turning and running and obeying. And so it's our greatest joy to have you um, and get, you know, to serve with you. So... That's Blake. Um, Justin. Uh, Justin is such a gift uh, to my personal life. I, like, his journey uh, for emotional health has been a breakthrough for so many of us here. It has been a huge breakthrough in my personal life. And I, you know, I've watched him do it with his own life, and then he just breaks it off to share. It's, it's not something he's talking about or teaching about that he hasn't fully lived out. And, uh, and he's paving a way for emotional health for our whole body through, through his own life, through, through showing us what it can be, through individuals he's counseled, and through teaching. But it's really just 
a part of who we are in such a large part because of what he's, what he's gone after in his own life. Um, he's a high visionary. <laughs> He'll say something four years ago, and just now we're like, oh, that was good. <laughs> he's so patient. It's great. But I'm so grateful for the visionary gift on your life. And, and we need it, and we love it. Um, he's also crazy proactive in his response to the Holy Spirit. When the Lord says, do this, change this, tweak this, move here, go there, he just adjusts so fast. It's not a question of, will I adjust? It's like, how, how fast can I adjust? And, um, and another thing I think he's paving the way for in our environment is the supernatural, which we, have, we, we need desperately. We want it forever and ever. And I'll be in staff meetings, and people will be sharing, hey, this happened. We need breakthrough in this. And he'll be like, well, I have this testimony from 14 years ago that the Lord did this. And I'm like, yes. That doesn't come from nowhere. It comes from stewarding the supernatural in your life and, like, reminding yourself of those testimonies and remembering what the Lord has done for 20-something, 30-something years. And we need it. And he's, he's trumpeting, sorry, he's trumpeting the message like, Okay, we got to go after this. Let's go after this. Okay, the Lord said one word. He's going to heal L diseases. We're going to go after it. He doesn't drop the point. <laughs> we got to have that. We got to have that tenacity because that's where the supernatural just hits. That's where that, the L diseases get healed because we don't drop it after one service. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Love that. Ah, and then there's Dan. Dan Dan's an amazing leader. If you talk to anyone on any one of his teams, they will follow him anywhere. They'll run 100 miles in the woods. <laughs> it's crazy. I still can't believe it. Uh, they'll, they, will, they will go to the ends of the earth. <laughs> they, but it's, it's because he just invites them into his life. He breaks off a part of his life. And he says, here's my life. Let me into yours. Can we just lead and run together? And he just leads them so beautifully. He honors the grace on people's life to such a convicting and amazing way. He will look at someone and say, oh, I see something on you. And I'm not going to get hung up on the other things that maybe aren't right yet. And You've just done that so well, and I, I've watched you, and convictions just come on me. Like, wow, he just knows how to see people. You know, he's a great teacher. If you've been, if you've, if you listened to any of his messages, he's a, he has a gift. He's a gifted teacher. He's a, he's crazy prophetic in his teaching as well. But he's also a learner. So the first three years he's here. He took notes of every one of Dad's sermons, every one of them. I was just, I mean, maybe not everyone. It looked like everyone. And he's just jotting it down just to articulate the message of the house because it matters. Because <laughs> he's a great teacher, but he cares to, to articulate it. And one thing I just, we, we need from him, he stewards the Holy Spirit and the presence in the room so beautifully. You'll be in these services when everybody's jaws dropped, like, 
what's God doing today? Like, this is exciting. Something's happening. And I'm like, Dan, what's going on? Because Dan can facilitate a room and invite the presence to move and move with the Lord and move with where he's moving and speak what he's speaking and invite people to share that testimony. Hey, do this. Let's, you know, let's go after that with that prophetic grace mixed with that stewarding the spirit. And it's so beautiful. So um, this is my team. I wanted you to know them. <laughs> I want you all to give them a hand as they come up. Sorry. We're going to do that afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted this in person because I didn't want you on your couch and your PJs with your coffee and your kids. And I wanted you to, like, truly extend your heart. I wanted you to extend your pre present, like, just the gift on your life and your, you know, just get behind them. I wanted this to feel like these are, these are your people. And so... We're doing it in person. I want you to extend your hands, extend your heart. I'm just going to pray a blessing over them. And just as we receive them as our senior leadership. And um, yeah, so join your hearts as we do this, okay? God, we're so grateful for you. <laughs> we're grateful for the gift of, um, of Blake. We're grateful for his prophetic voice. We're we're grateful, and we just receive him as a prophet of our house. We receive who he is. We are just blessed by the message of his life. God, we, um, we just thank you, and we pray a blessing over Blake, and we just are happy to receive all that you have from him. And God, we just thank you for Justin. God, we're grateful. Um, that his life is a message. We're grateful for just all the years of stewarding, stewarding what you've done. We, we're grateful for the, the eyes that, you, that he sees. We're grateful for his visionary, visionary sight. We just receive the gift of who Justin is, and we're just so grateful for him. And Jesus, we're thankful for Dan. God, we just, we are grateful just for his heart. We're grateful for a man that we can, a great leader who just sees with eyes that are full of grace, who sees the honor and pulls it out of people and draws it from people. We just ask, Lord, that you just move through him as we move with you. So God, we just thank you. We just pray blessing and increase. And we receive from you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.